0: Everyone, hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. Um, this is a bit of an unusual one for me. I'm sitting here with Lacey Newman. She is someone that I've known since we were both little kids. Um, and I'll get into that. But she also was at the Route 91 music festival in Las Vegas where there was the worst mass shooting in, uh, U.S. history and was shot in the leg but is doing physically okay. Um, And she reached out to me because uh, we grew up in the same area. Well, so her grandparents lived next door to my parents and her older sister and my younger sister were like best friends. And I've known Lacey forever, although we had lost touch. I didn't realize you were a listener. Um, And you reached out to me, told me your story and recommended that I do an episode on trauma and like maybe reach out to one of the celebrities that was at the festival. And I thought, or why don't you just come on the show and tell me your story? Um, So it's so great to see you. You too. Not the best circumstances at all. Um, This, what I'm about to say feels so uh, like silly in the face of the magnitude of this, but I'm so sorry that you went through that. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. Um, I'm a thinker, not a feeler. Mm-hmm. So, but in this situation, I understand like I have to feel this in order to cope, right? right? In order to heal, in order to really get through this in a healthy way, I have to feel. So, I'm almost making myself feel like I've cried a couple times and that's forcing myself to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thinking, you know, I'll just stay up all night thinking about what happened.
0: Saying that you're a thinker, not a feeler, is that something that you knew about? Like, have you known about that that about yourself always? Uh, When I
1: turned 30, I realized that. Yeah. Turn 30, um, just life. You know, you kind of go through life in a certain manner. and, And then I think it was just weird. 30 was a turning point for me and like relationships I had at the time. And it was very apparent that, hey, you don't actually deal with things. You just push everything down inside and then... Not even, you know, soon after, but years later, you blow up Mm -hmm. and then you feel everything at once. And so that was a a wake-up call to me then. Um, And, you know, so as time has gone on, I've been trying to deal with that in a healthy way. Seeked out therapy when I felt I needed it. Um, I believe mental health is super important, so I'm always an advocate for that. Um, But had not seen a therapist for a while now, Um, but then obviously when this happened, right back in there.
0: Right. You mentioned that you had had one therapy individual therapy session and two group therapy
1: sessions. Yeah, so now I've done two individual and two group. Actually three group therapies. Mm-hmm. So,
0: who are are the other people what have the other people in the group experienced
1: that's similar? Um, so different from me. So different. Uh, well, they experienced very much the same. I haven't met anyone else that was injured, but um, but are these
0: other people who were at?
1: Oh the yes, post- they were oh, all I there. See. Yes, okay. sorry, yes, they were all there. Uh, We're just all coping so differently, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, everyone has their ways, and but again, because I'm not emotional about it, it's a little bit. I almost feel like people are like stunned when they meet me or talk to me because they're like, "Why are you so put together?" But it's like I'm not. <laughs> Right. I'm not. Um, that's just how I deal though. So
0: You know, I wasn't even sure whether to describe you as Las Vegas shooting victim or Las Vegas shooting survivor.
1: Like, do you what terminology do you use? I don't, to be honest. Um, it's so funny you mentioned that because a lot of people have said survivor, but to me that seems so wrong because I feel like I didn't do anything. It's not like you know, I just got out is what I did. I got shot and I got out. And so for me, survivor doesn't feel right. But someone said to me, my sister said to me, look up the definition of survivor. That is you. Like whether you like it or not, Mm -hmm. you survived. And I did that. And you know, yeah, that is the definition of what I went through. Um, But I don't think victim is the right word either. For me, victim is personal. And this was not personal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm sure it's not like that for everyone. But that's how I feel about that word. Right. So, um, So, I just feel like I was there and I made it out. That's victim. Also, uh, I think connotes
0: the 58 people that Absolutely. died. Yes. So that's why that word
1: doesn't, like, right. doesn't quite work in this situation for, to me. Right. I um, almost feel like I have nothing to compare to. I mean, there's still so many people in the hospital who are still fighting for their lives. So being a survivor, it's like, or, or a victim. I don't feel like that applies to me. You know, I, I got out. I was out of the hospital in like six or seven hours. So, Mm -hmm. and I was out of Vegas literally, I mean, I think we left at like 9 a.m. the next morning. So I didn't really have to go through what a lot of these people are going through. So I just don't feel like those apply to me.
0: Right. So I'm so curious just the whole, your whole experience Mm -hmm. beginning
1: to end. So what happened? Yeah. So, um, I went out to Las Vegas with three of my girlfriends. We just did a girls weekend and, um, just so much fun, right. By the pool drinking at the festival drinking. And this is my first country festival, my first festival actually. So we were all very excited. Um, the other two days we kind of, we'd all get ready together in the room and we would, um, we spend like three hours getting ready, dancing, <laughs> drinking, you know, just having a fun time, head over to the carnival or to the festival in the evening, uh, watch whoever we wanted to watch, drink, eat, and um, just had a great time. Most of the time, we we're kind of double fisting our drinks and just having so much fun. And come Sunday, um, we didn't drink all day, which was kind of weird, but whatever, we didn't drink and come, you know, we get to the festival, there's... Uh, Two of us went earlier because we were ready, and the other two came later and uh once we couldn't we couldn't catch up with them like no matter how hard we tried, we didn't have any cell phone reception there because there's twenty two thousand people in one area, mm-hmm. so you're texting your texts are taking thirty minutes to get to each other, you can't place a phone call, nothing would work, so we were separated from them. Um, but we watched a couple of the people every time, uh, someone would perform on the main stage, you know, people would watch and then they'd go get snacks or drinks and they would move. So we would move up. And so both the other nights in the festival, we are in one spot. And this time we decided, you know what, we really want to see Jason Aldean. He's my favorite. We're going to get, we're going to get closer to the front. So Jason Aldean starts, we're having a blast, we're dancing, we're singing, having so much fun, just me and my one girlfriend. And, um, I think, like the fourth or fifth song starts, and uh you know we we hear the the cracking or the or the gunshots, and um, I've been around firearms quite a bit, I love to go shooting, and so for me, like the second I heard it, I just grabbed my friend and we dropped, so you knew what it was right I away. knew i mean, you know if it hadn't been that, it wouldn't have surprised me, but I just think for me it was just and and I knew immediately like. Where it was coming from, because I could hear the, you know, like the original shot, and I could hear the echo, so I knew, like I thought, it was Mandalay Bay rooftop. So, grab my friend, we get down, and, um, you know, it stops, and and the music continues. So we kind of stand up, and I'm I'm looking around, and I'm not seeing anything, and then it starts again, and I just grab it, and I said, "We have to run, we have to run."
0: What, if you remember, how much time in between that f- the first shots and then that second? It could have been, I
1: don't, you know, I can't place time limits really. Um, in my head, it didn't seem like that long, but I've tried to go back and watch like a video or two and it seemed like it was much longer than I remember it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, again, the music kept playing and then, then, you know, the second round came and to me it was like, this is happening. This is happening. And so I grabbed her and we start running and there's a guy behind us and he goes, he's laughing he's like those aren't gunshots and you know he's like calm down or something and i'm <laughs> like no no those are gunshots and we just run we right. just start running but we're running basically you know he's shooting at us we're running away from the bullets like not towards him because of how the festival set up there's only so many places you can go depending on where you are mm-hmm. well we're thinking you know in my head i'm trying to think how can we get out of here how can we get to safety there's no cover really it 's tents, right A tent is not going to to keep us safe, so we just start running away. You know, um I remember there was porta potties i 'm assuming outside of the porta potties there 's got to be a fence to get out there 's mm-hmm. got to be a way, and at least hiding behind it, you know forty porta potties is better than being out in the open, so we start running, and um I know I fell down and uh got back up and went down because i saw some people around me go down mm-hmm. being shot so then yeah. i hit the floor and my girlfriend's like we have to run we have to run but i don't, you know in that moment you're just when you see someone next to you get shot in the back you go down yeah you're not just going to so we went down and then we got were up you, and ran again were you wearing shoes that you could run in no so i was wearing sandals not flip-flops but sandals mm-hmm. and so the third time i went down is when I realized I had been shot. Now I think I got shot the first time I went down, Uh. but I didn't realize it. You know, Um, I'm pretty sure it was the first time, uh, just because when I went down the third time and I look, I'm like, "Oh, my leg feels weird," and I don't have a shoe on, and I look down and my foot was already covered in blood, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, "Okay, this didn't just happen." You know, Um, so see my my foot covered in blood, and I kind of start you know, slow motion now at this point, scanning up my leg and I was wearing jeans and I see that there's basically I mean it kind of it's kinda of gross, but it looked like a volcano. Mm-hmm. Looked like a volcano like coming out of my leg. Just Oh my God. You know, Just leg stuff blood. And, and blood. Yeah. And so okay, this happened. Wh- where on your leg was it? Um so the bullet actually went in like the inside of my calf mm-hmm. and then came out the front. So Mm. where the bullet wound or where the bullet went in, it's a very small little burn kind Mm -hmm. of, but where it came out is where it just kind of exploded. And I have a, like, it's, you know, I have stitches now and it looks kind of like a Y is like the best way to describe it. Did it hit the bone? It did not hit any bone. It just hit muscle and soft tissue, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm sure why I was able to run out of there. And I think I realized that, right. you know, once, once kind of the slow motion kicked off and my girlfriend was there like, we have to run, we have to run. He's still shooting. We have to get to safety. Um, I was like, well, I'm okay because I'm able to run. I'm able to get up and run. And I think we went down a couple more times just as other people were going mm-hmm. down. Um, and I I got at some point got hit again. But it. I think it was probably just um, like shrapnel or, you know, from – another bullet that went by me, but it didn't actually penetrate anything. It just kind of nicked my leg. Do you have
0: a wound from that one? Yeah,
1: not... Uh, now it's all... It was like a scratch, basically. Right. So now there's just like a mark, but... Mm. And a burn, kind of. So you can see it. Um, but yeah, no no blood or anything from that one. Um, so we got up and started running more. And uh, eventually we exited the venue. And I just remember this whole time, like, how is this person still shooting? Like, it's still going on. For me, I really felt... Like in the moment, it was one shooter. again, I've been around firearms before, so I'm like aware I didn't I never got the feeling that it was more than one shooter. I know there's so many stories going around that there was multiple shooters mm-hmm. and that people were shooting in the venue. I didn't experience any of that. Um, to be honest, I feel like once I realized I was shot, it was like very tunnel vision. It was like you have to get out, and I saw exactly what was right in front of me, and that was really it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's just all I can remember. So we keep running we get to kind of an exit, but it's all chain link fences and we can't go anywhere. We're Mm. stuck. But again, people are still going down and the shooting is still going on. So there's, there's men and they are literally on the count of three body slamming these chain link fences to get us over, you know, so they will fall over because there's, they're 10, 12 feet. You can't even climb them. Some people were trying to, Mm. um, but even then there's nothing behind these fences. So you're just you're going to crash these fences down, but there's nothing behind right. them. So my girlfriend's like, we can't go here. We have to keep running. So eventually, because you would still be you're vulnerable. still out in the open. Yeah. yeah it's just open fields. It's right. just open fields. Ugh. I think this area was like the backside of the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, we get onto a random street and there's like one cop car sitting there, a lone cop car. And there's like 30 people trying to hide behind the cop car. So there's no room for us to try to hide. Um, but, you know, I'm looking down and there's so much blood and I'm like, if that hit an artery, I, you know, I don't want to bleed out. I need, mm-hmm. I need help. So I sit behind the cop car. Were you in pain? No, I don't recall any pain. Interesting. Yeah. I think in that the time adrenaline. it's just the adrenaline just yeah. takes over. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I just sit down on the cement and I tell my girlfriend, like, we need to do something. We need a tourniquet or, and she's like, you know screaming at guys come over give me your belt we have to do this so a guy stops he gets another guy's belt they do a tourniquet and um we sit there for like a minute but we can i can clearly see mandalay bay so i know that like we're not safe and the shots are still coming and these police officers are there i think there was two of them they are not even remotely concerned with any of us they they're not they're they're looking at the hotel what Mm -hmm. they're looking at obviously i'm sure is like the shooter but they couldn't do anything i guess because they're there with their guns but were people trying to get their attention not that i recall i just remember thinking it's so weird that they're not paying any attention to us but then again what are they going to do turn their backs on the shooter and no you know they're just doing their job maybe probably at that point trying to figure out maybe where he was Mm -hmm. or i don't know um but shots are still coming and we're still seeing people going down. We're still seeing injured people coming out. So, okay, we got to get up and run again. So we get up and run some more. Were you tired out? Um, Yeah, I just – I remember after I got shot, like after I went down, after realizing I had been shot, I remember thinking like, this seems like a really great place to just lay in. Like this is really comfortable, like mm-hmm. on the asphalt, right? Like, But I just – it's like my body was like – wow you know or maybe my brain i don't know which one but Mm -hmm. it was it was very much like you could just stay here and be comfortable but it's like no you have to get up and run Mm -hmm. you know and again there's nowhere to hide there was nowhere to hide and that um i think that was like the thing is like we have to hide but you're out in the open Um, so we get to we leave the police car keep running and um kind of make a right and there's some tractor trailers or uh semi-trailers empty ones probably like set stuff so Mm -hmm. Okay, we can hide behind these. Well, again, there's, you know, hundreds of people trying to hide behind these little things. There's no room because you're still being seen. I was like, we can climb under it. Like, what can we do? I'll climb on top of someone. I don't care. We need to like, I don't want to see the hotel, mm-hmm. you know? Um so we but there's nowhere to hide. So we she, my friend's like, we have to keep going. You have to run, Lacey. You have to run. We have to get we have to get you help. We have to get you help. Run, run, run. So we get to start getting to more of like a dirt parking lot and two cars like peel out. So now people are finally getting to their cars Mm. and leaving. Of course, they're also almost running us over in the process. And, uh, you know, they just need to get out of there. So uh, up ahead, we see a guy get into his truck and she runs up and she's like, please help us. My friend's been shot. Can we please get in the back of your truck? So we climb in the bed of the truck. There's two other girls in there. And all I can think is... Okay. I've been shot. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding a lot. Um, but also I can see Mandalay Bay. And so if I can see him, he can see me. Mm-hmm. And again, I didn't, nothing about this was personal. So I never felt like he was shooting at me. It was just like, he has access to me. Mm-hmm. So I, that was like a, the, probably the reality kind of kicked in. Cause I remember thinking, how can I lay so that if I get shot again, I won't die. Cause right now I'm laying on my back. I'm like sitting up in the bed of the truck and um, I realized I need to lay down because sitting up is not going to help the blood situation. So I lay down and yeah, I'm, I'm literally like, okay, I guess I need to lay on my side because to me that seemed the safest mm-hmm. rather than stomach or back. I don't know. Right. Um, and I'm, so I do that and my friend, uh, there's, there's two other girls there. My friend says we, you know, give me something to tie. Cause the tourniquet fell off like almost as soon as we got up and started running. So one of them hands them her shirt, and they're trying to tie it on my leg, and she just sits on top of me and just puts her hands on my wound to your stop friend. the bleeding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I call him, and I just was, you know, frantic. You pointed I'm to your sure. husband. Yeah, sorry. Yes, my husband. He's here. He drove me here. Um, and uh, I, you know, just frantic at this point. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to die. I don't know. But just, I love you. I've been shot. I told him, I think there's a sniper on Mandalay Bay. Um, we have a son, a seven-year-old. I love him. Like, please take very good care of him. You're getting emotional, which is making me emotional, but <laughs> sorry. No, it's I fine. did bring Kleenex <laughs> out just in case. Cause I knew this might happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I was, just, I've been shot. I've been shot in the leg, but, and as I'm sitting there, I think again, I was like, okay, I didn't hit bone. And I mean, there's blood, but i think i'm gonna be okay i feel okay i think i'm gonna be okay and so told him i'm gonna be okay i'm gonna be okay but i've been shot and there's a sniper and we're trying to get help Uh, and you know he has no idea what's going on and i remember being like annoyed with him like how do you not know this is going on Mm -hmm. because um by the i called him at 10 18 and i think that i i haven't watched a lot or read a lot i refuse to um just i'm not ready yet Mm -hmm. But I believe the shooting started... I read somewhere 10.08. I read somewhere 10.05. So... But, you know, in my mind, the shooting had like just barely stopped or maybe was still going on. I don't think it was, but close I I, to it. What I read was that it was 10.05 to 10.15. Okay. So I know I called him at 10.18. Mm-hmm. um, And so for me, that was like 10 minutes. That's in my head. I have 10 minutes of just horror and terror, right? Um, And so... But that ten minutes was a lifetime. You know, it felt like hours. Yeah, it felt like it was hours. No matter where we went, we just were getting shot at, and people were injured, and and it took hours to get to that truck. And so when I called my husband, and he had no idea what I was talking about, I just was like, "How do you not know this is going on? Mm -hmm. People are dead. People. I saw people die. I saw people get shot in the back. They're dead. And um, I was so frustrated. Um, (laughs) And so." You know, I think he just told me, you know, like, what's going on? Okay, I'll be right there. I'll be there. And he's home. He's mm-hmm. here. He was in Orange County. And he, yeah, we, I got off the phone with him, and my girlfriend was still applying pressure. We came finally across a police officer, and the truck driver says, hey, I have a girl she shot. What do I do? And he said, just drive down the street, and the ambulances are on their way, and they're, this is where they're going to meet. So we did that, and uh, I remember the ambulance, uh, the ambulance, the EMTs coming and, and getting me out of the back of the truck. But I was still, I told, I'm told, i like, get me out of here, get me out of here because I can see Mandalay Bay. So that's when I think I remember like feeling more clarity than ever before. I think the initial like shock and obviously I was felt safer because I was with them. But I'm like, I can see Mandalay Bay. He can see us. Get me on the stretcher. Get me out of here. I need to be I need to be safe. Like, get me out of here. And I remember saying, like, I have a seven-year-old. I, ha- I, You cannot let me die. Please do not let me die. I have a seven-year-old. I have to. I'm a mom. I have to be a mom. Um, and, you know, the the EMTs, I'm, I'm sure they're like laughing at me because they're like, lady, you got scratched, you know. But at the time, you don't know this. Um, and they were all very sweet. Um, so, you know, get on the stretcher and they put me in the back of the ambulance. And all I can think is, if the shooting is still going on, we're so close to the hotel. Mm -hmm. I felt like we were even closer than we were before. And I asked them, is this bulletproof? Is this bulletproof? And they're like, no, it's fiberglass or it's not bulletproof. I'm like, well, like get out of here then drive. Let's go. Let's go. And you know, could, they couldn't leave yet. They're waiting for other ambulances to arrive and they're all in their gear, right? Like mm-hmm. they have bulletproof everything on and, and they're asking me, how old are you? How old are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how old I am. I don't, why does it matter? <laughs> why don't just get me out of here? Uh, and so, yeah, we went through that process. And, why did it matter? Um, they ask you, you know, your age, like, do you have any medical problems, mm-hmm. anything like that? So right, yeah. Just for but, taking your history. Exactly. Yeah. Your history. But also maybe checking how lucid you were do you think yeah and i think they asked me that first like when i was still in the bed of the truck when they got to me and literally i was like trying to think how Mm -hmm. old i was and i'm i don't know i'm 30 something is really all i could come up with is i'm 30 something um but once i got into the ambulance i felt like i kind of got back in my head and was Mm -hmm. able to like talk you know normally and and have normal conversations um so get into the ambulance and, you know, they take my vitals and they're hooking me up to everything and, and checking out the wound. And they cut my pants off and there's two of them. And I was like, this is not how I imagined this happening. <laughs> two men trying to frantically get in my pants. <laughs> Didn't think it was going to look like this. Um, but they, everyone was so nice. Everyone was so, so nice. And uh, so we got out of there. We, another ambulance came, got me and we got into the hospital. Question. Yes. Um. Did it seem like everyone
0: around you understood that the shooting was coming from Mandalay Bay? I would say no. Because, yeah, that's what I'm getting from your stories. It sounds like you were like, hello, the danger's there. And other people weren't
1: quite on the same level. Yeah, it did seem that way. And I don't, I'm not a know-it-all, but it just, to me, it was so very apparent that that's where it was coming from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the EMTs arriving, they probably know nothing you know, they just are told, go, go, go. They have no information. So, uh, but And I remember, though, they did, because I was like, he can see us. He can see us. And so I remember they did turn off the lights. Mm. And because I think they were kind of like, she's right. Like, here we are drawing all this attention. So they're going to know. And, right. and of course, again, no one knew at this point how many shooters there were. And so I remember they did turn the lights off. And I remember feeling a little bit calm after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we got in the, I got in the ambulance. And my, and my one friend was still with me. Thank God she was there. I truly feel like she almost in a way saved my life because in those moments of like holy shit, I got shot i'm bleeding everywhere, like I can't go on. I don't want to keep running. You know She was like, "No, we have to run. We have to get you to help mm-hmm. and this poor girl she's like twenty seven she's a little baby, and she had to see so much you know um and so she was with me in the ambulance and we were able to kind of make contact with some people and i said please make sure our other friends are okay but do not tell them i've been shot like make sure they're safe so she why was, did
0: you not want them to know you've been shot
1: um i don't know i just felt like so my very best friend was one of the other girls mm-hmm. and so i it's like that was something where it's like i don't want her to know from somebody else like mm-hmm. i want her to hear me say it so she knows i'm okay right you know uh and I wanted to talk to her. Like, I just wanted to hear her voice and make sure she was fine, too. So I said, don't just tell them that we're fine. Because I knew, I, you know, at that point, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm in an ambulance. I'm fine. And just tell them we're fine. And so she said they're fine. And I think at some point on the way to the hospital, I think I, I called him again. He's like, I'm on my way, you know. And I think I called my sister because she watched our son so he mm-hmm. could leave. And um, I, I did eventually call my mom. I don't know if I was still in the ambulance at that point, but just to, cause I was so worried, you know, everyone knew we were going there. Everyone who knows me knows Jason Aldean is like my favorite. Mm. I was so excited for him. So I knew that, you know, waking up in the morning, if that's the first thing you're seeing on the news, like you're going to worry. Freak and, out, yeah. and because I didn't know what was going on with me, I'm like, what if I have to go into surgery? I don't know. I don't want my mom to be trying to get a hold of me and she can't. And then at the, again, at that point, it's not like, oh, but she'll call Corey and make sure I'm fine. I didn't have that sense. I had the Mm -hmm. sense of like, I need to tell her. But also, again, like, I need her to hear my voice. So she really knows that I'm okay. Right. Um, It's interesting that even in the midst of all this, you are taking care of other people. Yeah. Yeah. I even texted my boss. (laughs) It was like 1045. I'm in the ambulance. I'm like, so I'm not going to be at work tomorrow. I got shot. I don't know what's going on, but I'll let you know. Like, that was my – I don't remember sending that text to her, you know. But she's, like, dying. Every time I see her, she's like, seriously? Like, really? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I just – it was a very thing because I was like, oh, come in Monday afternoon when we get back into town and work a couple hours, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was like, no, I need to let her know I'm not going to be there. I think –
0: but I can also understand that, like, feeling of – this is chaos. Everything's falling apart. I'm just going to do what I know how to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to check in, you know? And again, I just felt like I didn't, my mom doesn't really even watch the news that much, but I felt like in the morning, if my dad turned on the news and she happened to see it and Mm -hmm. my dad probably didn't know I was even in Vegas, you know, dads, they don't really, whatever. (laughs) So I'm like, he probably wouldn't make the connection, but my mom would. Right. And, uh, yeah. So got to let her know. And, uh, I think I reached out to a couple other people and you know, it's really funny because um, I'm sitting in the ambulance. All I have is my phone at this point either before we left or on the way to it's just me there's no room since I was fine there was no one back there with me it was just me so I'm kind of looking at my phone and I'm getting text messages from people and people are you know I had posted some stories of the concert and so people are replying to those stories like I just heard what happened are you okay and a couple people I don't remember doing it but I like I'm okay but yeah I got shot in the leg like it's just yeah and so quite a few people actually I responded to like two or three people and, and was like oh and one girlfriend she was maybe gonna come and I had invited her and, and she didn't come and I just was like, I'm so glad you're not here because I got shot. Like, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, it was it's still just astounding to me that all of that happened in such a short period of time because it did seem like it was days almost. Right. So you got to the hospital, then what happened? Got to the hospital. They would not let my friend come with me. So just I Just because there were so many people? I think so. And they weren't really sure yet, like what was going on. Mm-hmm. Even at that point, they're talking about more active shooters, and so they just really weren't sure what was going on. So they didn't let her come with me. I'm in a room, like, you know, a curtained-off room alone. Other people around me, but from what I can hear and see, it's people just like me, people that had been injured but were okay. Mm -hmm. Didn't need really, you know, they're just going to get stitched up or cleaned up and sent on their way. She was in the waiting room where she has seen people coming in with, I mean, their faces blown off. She's, there was a woman there who, you know, found out her husband had passed and she's like pregnant. And so she had to see all of that. She had to experience all of that. I feel like, yes, I took a bullet, but at the end of the day, I got away the easiest. You know, I'm like the least traumatized out of everyone because my other friends ran, they ran to the Tropicana. They were in lockdown there till my husband went and picked them up. I think at like five in the morning, they Mm -hmm. finally released them and they're hiding out in the kitchen. And every time someone would open the door to see if it was safe to go out, people were running saying there was a shooter. So they're still thinking there's active shooters. Everyone's frantic. Everyone's crying for hours. Yeah. And eventually they did move them into a large conference room. And I think they gave them water and like blankets and but they wouldn't let them out yet Mm -hmm. because no one really knew what was going on. And again, they're having people there. There's people there that were injured. And then also people there who are finding out that their loved ones have been injured or are not with us anymore. Right. And so they had to experience all that. And then they sat for like 5 hours in fear. I sat for 5 hours like alone but safe. Mm-hmm. And I was able to call my husband and just kind of chat with him and and update him on, you know, what they were telling me about my leg and stuff. So, I kind of just was secluded and didn't have to deal with any of the aftermath where they had to deal with all of the aftermath.
0: How are they doing now?
1: Everyone is coping differently. Um, two of my friends have been active seeking therapy and have gone a couple of times. And so I feel like they're doing really well. One friend, I think she has therapy like today or tomorrow, and I don't feel like she's as far along in the process, but she also has two little ones at home. And so I feel like that takes a whole new meaning. She was like a two year old. Mm -hmm. And so that to me, that's a whole new meaning. Um, and you know, she lost her phone in the event and, and she got it back. But there's just a lot. It's a lot to handle. And, um, you know, someone said something to me about you have like your life, but then you have your trauma life. And if your life has been very easy, when any sort of trauma happens, it's like, you know, blows up and it's this huge thing. But if you had small traumas your whole life, then when huge traumas happen, it's much easier for you to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that, you know, she hasn't had any trauma in her life, but just from what I know, it seems like, you know, she's had a pretty great healthy life and which is fabulous. And so I think something like this, when this happens, you just, you don't know how to function. Mm -hmm. So we did a group therapy, the four of us on Saturday and that I feel was very helpful. And it was so good to see them all and, and get back together. And, um, I know that in time we will all be okay. Just it's going to take time and we're all going to be you know, on our own kind of road to recovery, right?
0: So you're in the hospital, you're alone um, in a room, mm-hmm. in you're in your own bed, curtained off, yes. but in a room with other, yes, other people who had been mm-hmm. injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what? What did? the like, how long until they got to you?
1: You know what? They were coming and going. Um, so pretty immediately. Like, they did came- you feel like there were people? You know yeah there to help you if you needed it yeah yeah um at one point i was like i really have to pee (laughs) and so they're the you know the hey hey i have to pee waving at you know whoever happens to look in the curtain and and so she's okay well it's right over there i'm like i don't think i'm like hooked up to all these things i can't just get out of bed and 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 i don't know if i'm supposed to be walking on this thing i don't really know yet Mm so someone comes and you know brings a bedpan and so i got to experience that for the first time that was lovely um (laughs) And, but yeah, they would, you know, either it was a nurse, um, or the doctor, she came in several times, but obviously there's, you know, and that's when I realized like, I'm going to be fine. If they're mm-hmm. not paying a lot of attention right. to me, I'm okay. It was weird. I developed a weird, like cough and I lost my voice almost as soon as I got in there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, were you sick before? I'm like, no, I don't know what this cough is. It's literally out of the blue. So they did chest x-rays. They did an EKG. Obviously, they did an x-ray on my leg, and they just brought that all to me. I didn't have to go anywhere. So that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, really soon I think I realized, like, I'm totally fine. And, and yeah, they came, cleaned it all up. The nurses did. Did you lose a lot of blood? I did lose a lot of blood. She had – the doctor had come in and said, okay, we want to do a transfusion. You have to sign these papers. and And I – I mean, of course, I'm what am I gonna say? No, you know. So I signed the paper and and then they ran some more tests. She came back. She's like, I don't you're we don't need to do one. You're you're actually doing really well. And she asked me, she's like, Did you drink today? And I was like, I didn't drink today. And she's like, Do you drink? And I was like, Yes, I do. And so that was really interesting to me. And I think that was the moment that I realized, like, why didn't I drink all day today? I went to the fridge multiple times. We had a suite, right? So mm-hmm. we had a big fridge and we had Were plenty. you guys
0: staying at the Mandalay Bay?
1: We were not. No. Mm-hmm. We were staying off the strip at like a like a timeshare resort. So oh, we nice. had like an actual kind of little apartment with mm-hmm. a full kitchen and two bedrooms, and two bathrooms and so I remember going to the fridge multiple times to get a drink and I just was like, I don't know, it just didn't drink and I got in the line for the bar twice at the concert and didn't get a drink. I wanted to drink. I was like so excited. That's, you know, what you do when you go to those things you drink and you have fun, you let loose. And just for whatever reason, I I didn't drink. And so, looking back now, I'm like, well, obviously there was a reason for that. And you know, when you drink, your blood thins and then it could have been so much worse. So, I guess that's my saving grace of everything is I didn't I didn't drink because maybe this was going to happen.
0: And do, why
1: do you think you didn't? I really don't know. It was never, like I said, I was in line, got up to the front of the line twice and did not. And, you know, it's Sunday night. Usually you go to Vegas, especially like for a Sunday night. Usually you leave Sunday, but you're there Sunday night. You maybe aren't going to go big, right? Because you got to drive home the next day and that's always a bummer. But we had said, Jason Aldean's our favorite. Like, we're just going to do it. Who cares? It's four (laughs) hours. We're going to be fine. Like, as long, even if we're throwing up, we'll bring bags with us. We will be fine. We're going to do it. And, I really can't tell you why I didn't drink. I didn't have like a reason. Mm -hmm. It just, but I guess what I'm wondering is,
0: do you feel like on some level, like some part of you sensed there was just some, oh, sensed, you know, something in the air? Or do you feel like it was like
1: someone out there was protecting you? Yeah, both. Both. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, there was definitely a reason why I didn't drink. What Mm -hmm. that reason is, I don't know. But is it a bigger thing than me? Yes, 100%. A hundred percent, because I'm telling you, like Friday night, we were like drinking doubles and double fisting doubles, Mm -hmm. you know, just because you don't want to have to go to the bar 20 times. You go twice and you, you know, you get four drinks and, and that way you're not missing the concert. So
0: that led, that kind of thinking led to so much vomit on my part when I was younger (laughs) (laughs) that like, I'm having the best time. I don't want this to wear off. I better get two more drinks into me right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, what and th- we went out Thursday night. When we got there Thursday, we went out Thursday night. We were still ordering drinks at 5 a.m. on Friday morning, but we were not hungover. Like, as you know, we've done this enough to know, like, you have to stay hydrated. You can't just go big mm-hmm. all day, every day. During the day, we would like day drink, but we'd be drinking like spritzers, not, you know, hardcore. Like, we're right. not. And and when we were getting ready, we'd always have drinks. But again, we, would you know, instead of doing like a full shot of vodka in your drink, you just do a half because you're just trying to enjoy the time. Mm-hmm. So, but I definitely think uh, something was watching out for me because I feel like even my, in, you know, my, to get up and run, it's like if I had been, right? I mean, I'm not a little girl. So running alone in sandals was not an easy feat. But then if I had been drunk on top of that, I mean, I would hope, and I'm sure some people will tell you that in moments like this, maybe you kind of snap out of it, mm-hmm. but your body is still drunk. Your mind right. might be a little bit clearer, but your body is not really functioning at a hundred percent. So I truly feel like there was absolutely something that was in the air for me that was just like, you're not going to do that tonight. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know if that saved my life or, but yeah, I mean, didn't hurt. So.
0: Right. So they tell you, you don't need a blood transfusion and that had they already stitched you up? No, mm -mm. they didn't stitch me up till
1: like almost I left. Was the, had the bleeding stopped though? Yeah, the bleeding had stopped. They had, um, like applied a kind of a tourniquet mm-hmm. there, um, it, cleaned it all up. Were you in
0: pain at this point?
1: I was, yes, but not extreme pain. And the area around when they were touching, I thought was going to be like, oh my God, the worst pain. It was numb. Hmm. I couldn't like feel them touching. And uh, when the doctor came in, she numbed me. And obviously you just get like a bunch. And I could feel most of them. I could feel the needle, um, the needle going in. But it wasn't necessarily pain. It was more pressure. Mm-hmm. And then when she did the, the stitches, I was really worried about. I'm like a baby. And so I really was terrified that those were going to hurt so bad. But it, it really wasn't that bad. I could feel the pull and that kind of grossed me out more than anything. But as far as pain, I mean, it's been like a constant six, I'll say, on a pain scale of mm-hmm. just like uncomfortableness. It's really annoying. It hurts. And then at night it hurts more, you know, Um, but no, even at that time, I just still feel like I was so on adrenaline. I don't remember it actually hurting until I went to go get in my husband's truck when we left the hospital. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, this hurts. You know, this is like, this really happened and this hurts.
0: Is it, was it a sharp, like, how would you describe the the quality of the pain? Like a sharp pain?
1: Yeah, it's, I was assuming it would be, you know, that throbbing pain. It is not that pain, which is really surprising to me. It is. It's like a sharp pain that stays. Mm Mm-hmm. And then in the evenings it gets worse, but overall it's the same pain throughout the day. It's like, it's very weird. I mean, I have moments where I'll get like a twinge of something in another area, but for the most part, it's just, and I, I think it's the muscle, uh, I guess healing or whatever it may be, but yeah, it's just that sharp pain all day.
0: Mm-hmm. So they don't give you a blood transfusion. Yeah. They stitch you up. Mm-hmm. Um And then is it like as soon as your husband arrives, you can go? Or did they need to keep you for a set amount of time?
1: Yeah, they didn't really need to keep me for a set amount of time. I feel, and rightfully so, rightfully so, I feel like, you know, you're just kind of back here, you're fine, so we're not going to worry about you. I was totally okay with that. I mean, obviously, at this point, I'm understanding there was a TV in the background, so I could kind of hear what was going on. And then the people next to me, I don't know why some people got to have, you know, their family with them and I didn't, I don't, I don't know if it's cause I came in by ambulance and maybe they got in a car and drove in. I don't know the situation, but so they were all like getting information so I could hear them all talking about what was going on. Um, but yeah, I just felt like, you know, I wasn't a priority, which of course was fine. So, uh, I get numbed and then it was like a long time before they came back to do the stitches cause she got called away. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, is she going to have to numb me again? But she didn't. And I feel like she did a really good job. Um, you know, there's skin missing. And so to put the stitches in, there's like one area where it's really clean and it looks very pretty. And then the bottom part of it, like kind of where it's like an upside down Y. So where it kind of splits, that is not pretty and already skin had died. So it's like black and just not, not good. But I think she did a really good job. Uh, the stitches, they're still in. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so I got the stitches and soon after that, I remember, you know, talking to my husband and I think I sent him a picture of what it looked like. I had to send him the details because she's like, you have nine stitches and a figure eight. Make sure you remember that for when they take them out. So I texted him so that we would have that information. And he got to the hospital and he got he found my friend. He got her first and he actually went to our hotel first. He went and got because I didn't have any clothes now because they ripped my, you know, mm-hmm. cut my pants off. So he went to our hotel first because Las Vegas was like shut down. Luckily, our hotel that we were staying at was like the exit that it was shut. He was able to get off, go to the hotel, you know, get me some pants and get her a sweatshirt, and then he was able to take side streets to the hospital we were at, which I don't even know where that was. I Sun Valley Hospital, maybe mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell right. you. Right, they sent people to all the uh, the Las Vegas hospitals. Yeah, right? yeah, I think there's like three major ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was I was at one of them, and everyone there was really great. And you know what's something that um, they continued to say to me, which has stuck with me, is every single person who saw me was like, I'm really glad you're here with us and you're going to get really good care here. And in a moment of, you know, just confusion and chaos to have someone say, I'm really glad you're here with me and here with us is like amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's something I found in the process is a lot of people have said to me, I'm really glad you're here. And it's like something so simple where you would never say that to someone in daily life. You would never, I would never look at you, Allison, and say, I'm so glad you're here. Like, as, I wish you would <laughs> yeah. because
0: it did make me feel should, good. Yeah, we yeah. all
1: should say that. But, you know, just, I mean, baseball families and, and you know, teachers at, his, at my son's school. And it's just everyone is very, I'm so glad you're here with us. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is amazing. And so to have them, even at the hospital at that point, saying, like, I'm so glad you're here with us it's just, it kind of like lifted a weight. Like, thank you. You do care that I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. not just another patient. I'm not just another number. So I have to give them mad props. I wish I could remember anything about any of them that I saw there. I really can't. It's all a blur. Yeah. Um, but they were all great and accommodating and just so, so nice. So you get in your husband's truck. Yeah. So they hadn't discharged me yet. And our friends called and said, Hey, they're going to let us go. So he went and picked them up. And my one girlfriend stayed from with the Tropicana, me, from the Tropicana, he went and picked them up from the Tropicana. And then um, I don't know, in my mind, I thought he was going to drop them off. But so they discharged me and my girlfriend, we walked out, we were in the waiting room for a little bit. And that's when I kind of saw the first, uh, it was on the news. And then there's families there. And I saw, you know, husbands and children, and I'm assuming mothers of people that were, in the hospital. And I mean, these people were, I've never seen anything like that Mm -hmm. before in my life. Um, other than maybe what I've experienced, but I haven't seen it when it's not really related to me. I mean, they're sobbing and, and they're crying and they're like praying because they don't know. And I'm assuming at that point, it's like five, six in the morning their people are probably in surgery right now and mm-hmm. it's not looking good and so that's when like really the reality of the situation hit me that i was so secluded in my own little world and all this is going on out here and all these people are dealing with either like about to lose loved ones or some of them i think had and they just hadn't left yet because they didn't want to, you know. And that to me was like seeing the husband with his kids and and the wife is i'm assuming in surgery that to me the it was the worst. That's when it was real. And and again like going back to a survivor, like that's why I don't feel like I'm a survivor cuz I didn't have to go through that. I didn't it was never like an is she going to make it? I was fine the whole time, but seeing that was that was so hard for me. I'm not like an emotional person, but I have empathy and I can feel so much for other people and so that's been you know, when I do get emotional, it's when I'm feeling for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the people in the group meetings, there's, it's still so raw for them. And maybe they saw so much and they're still very emotional. And that's when I can get emotional about the situation is like for other people, just not for myself right now. Not yet.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe... Hi, I'm going to be an armchair uh, psychologist.
1: (laughs) Do it. I need all the help I can get. (laughs) Uh,
0: No degrees, but I'm well-intentioned. Do you think maybe it was so overwhelming to you that it is easier for you to access your emotion about
1: it when watching someone else feel it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, because I kind of know how I am. I know it's in there. It's definitely in there. It's just not coming out yet. I have cried a couple of times. Um, I usually will cry when I hear stories about other people. Um, the other day I decided I'm going to listen. Hi, Wendy. I'm going to listen to music today. So I hadn't listened to any music. I haven't watched any TV or very, very little, as little as I could like make it possible. So Monday morning, that was yesterday, I woke up and I said, I'm going to listen to music today. I'm going to do it. I I love music. I listen to music in the shower. I I'm just at work. I have my earbuds and I'm listening to music. I'm just all about the music. So I'm going to listen to music. And so I just put on you know, a playlist and I got in the shower and I listened to music and I thought it was going to be very emotional. For me, the shower is a good place where I can, if I feel like I need to cry, I can do it in the shower. I didn't even cry in the shower. I got out of the shower and I think my husband was still home and he left. And then it was like, oh, okay, now I'm going to cry. So I cried for about like, 35 seconds and I was like keep going let it out let it out let it out um that didn't work but I'm trying I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get it out because I know that's how I'm gonna heal and and I you know I have talked to my therapist and said you know well the empathy I feel towards others if that's when I get emotional is that still me letting it out for me and she's like yes of course like as long as you're getting it out that's the important part so so you get home Mm -hmm just drove straight from vegas well so what we did is um let's see he picked me up we went back to our hotel because of course we had all of our you know four girls Oh right we had like i mean basically we went for your to europe for 20 days by the suitcases we had it was insane (laughs) how we even fit it all in one car i don't know um so we went back and we slept for a little bit we slept for a little bit uh my husband was great he went and got picked up all my prescriptions for me i think Mm -hmm. i had like six prescriptions so he went and got them all and you know, he's like, you lay down, go to sleep. Well, I can't there. Yeah, right. I think I did actually sleep for an hour, which was crazy to me. And I could hear my one girlfriend, she took the couch since my husband was here, she gave us the bed and, and she I could just hear her crying. Like, I mean, for like the three hours we were there. she was just crying the whole time. Because again, she had to see so much. She had to see all of it. I didn't have to see any of that. Did you know that the shooter was dead already? I that's I don't think I did. That's a very good question. But you didn't feel in danger still. I did not feel in danger. No, I think especially once I got into the hospital, I didn't feel danger. But I was texting, you know, with my girlfriend and they had been in the waiting room. And then she's like, they're moving us into the cafeteria. We're on lockdown. And so for a minute there, I was kind of like, wait. So, is there more going on? And again, people are talking around me like, oh, there's active shooters here and there. And, but I just felt like if I'm here, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Something happens to me here, I'm in trouble. But they also had said they weren't letting anyone into the hospital. And so I wasn't even sure if my husband was going to be able to come. So then when I was hearing that information, I know I got a little uneasy. Mm -hmm. But um, I literally in my head was like, if I just made it through that, like, what are the odds that now I, you know, like, if I made it through that, it wasn't my time then, unless this is like final destination, like, I think (laughs) I'm okay here. So, you get you sleep for a few hours, yeah. We slept for a f- few hours, packed up, and just drove home. My girlfriends left a couple minutes before we did just because I was being so slow and they just wanted to get out of town. And I didn't, you know, um, three of us have kids, so mm-hmm. of course, you want to get home to your kids and your loved ones. Um, so yeah, they got on the road, and then uh, I think we went and just kind of checked out of the hotel, it's our timeshare, and they were great, they were so nice. Uh, they called the next morning to make sure that we were okay, because I, my husband wasn't on the room, because he wasn't coming. And so, you know, he went and explained the situation. So they let him into our room, which was so nice. Of course, I normally don't do that. Uh, So, they were just great. And uh, we went and said thank you. And we kind of left a lot of stuff there just because we wanted to get out of town. Yeah. Our fridge was full of food. We had, you know, there was just tons of food. And my husband's like, we don't really want it to go bad, but we're not taking it. Like, I don't know if, you know, what your rules are, but please send someone up there and have them take the food. And I don't care if you give it to our neighbors, just do something with it. Don't just throw it all away. It's good food. So then, yeah, then we got on the road. And once we got on the road, it's like the reality started hitting that like wow this this really happened so we had four hours to kind of talk about it and um process and what are we going to tell our son mm-hmm. now what
0: did he um what what had he been told
1: when cory left to go get you he was he was asleep because mm. it was like 10 something and so my he my husband went upstairs and he said i have to go to work Um, his business is 24 seven. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of nights he goes to work. So I have to go to work. If I'm not here in the morning, my sister, uh, auntie will be here and she'll, she'll get you to school. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and mommy will be home. Me and mommy will be home tomorrow. So that's kind of just where he left it. And my son was fine with it. He's We're lucky. We have a huge village. And so there's times where, yeah, my sister does take him to school or, you know, whatever it may be. So it wasn't too out of the ordinary for him, I think. So it didn't really cause any red flags. We decided that the best route to go would be to tell my son the truth. Um, I don't want him to be aware of all the evils of the world. I really don't. And I'm sure you understand as a parent, You, you want to protect your children from everything evil and everything bad. But unfortunately, that is not the reality of the world that we live in. And maybe if I hadn't been shot, we would have considered bringing it up in a different manner, maybe not right away, but because clearly we had to deal with it. um, I mean, I'm immobile for the most part. We just decided the best way would be to tell him the truth in a very watered down version. Mm -hmm. Um, Not give a lot of details. Let him ask. Whatever he wanted to ask, we would give him the honest answers. But we weren't just going to come out and say that all this terrible, you know, all these terrible things happened. So my my sister picked him up from school. Our kids go to the same school, and took him out to dinner. And at dinner, it was on the news. Mm. And so she had noticed he's trying to read the screen, you know, it's like normally sports, but whatever that was on and he's trying to read it. And he's asking her, what does this say? And, and she's like, Oh, we're not going to worry about that. And, you know, deflecting Mm -hmm. and, and don't worry about that. And so uh, my son comes home and I'm upstairs in bed and, and we say, come up here, you know, we, we need to talk to you. And so he comes up and, you know, we just told him there was a bad man and you know, mommy was at this concert and during part of the show, the man started shooting and mommy's fine, but she did get shot in the leg and she's going to be fine and everything will be back to normal. But this did happen. And a lot of people weren't as lucky as mommy. It's kind of how we left it and let him, he didn't ask a lot of questions. Um, he knows about guns. He has shot in some guns before, like BB guns and such. Mm -hmm. So he's aware of the dangers of them. Um, you know, it's not a constant conversation in our home because I'm uncomfortable with guns a little bit, even though I do enjoy shooting them, but it is brought up sometimes. And he's a boy. Mm -hmm. He loves, I mean, (laughs) Nerf is life right now. Seven-year-olds, it's all about the Nerf guns. It's all about, you know, being a cowboy or a police officer. It's all about that type of thing. So, you know, but we've always made it very clear to him, you never shoot even a Nerf gun at a person. We don't ever aim it at a person. That's very important. So again, it's, we are not the home that's never talked about about guns. So I feel, felt kind of better about that going into this conversation with him. And he just, you know, kids are so resilient. He said, um, I hate that man. And I said, I hate him too. I hate him too. And he said, is he still alive? And I said, no, no, he's not alive. Um, at that point, I don't think, I. I think I said that the police officers killed him. Or, you know, uh, I don't, because I don't even think I knew at that time Mm -hmm. that he had killed himself. And so that's what I had told him. And he said, okay. And, and his last comment as he walked out of the room, so unimpressed, you know, I'm thinking he's gonna be like, cool, my mom got shot. Like, that's (laughs) awesome. He was like, well, I wish I could go back in time and make it so that bad man never hurt you yeah oh that's so sweet, Isn't that so sweet yeah. so um and and that was that was that. um, I emailed his teacher and let her know, and that his school's great, and they brought in a counselor to speak with him, so you know, and he has so much support, we have so much support, it's amazing how many people in your community come out and help when something like this happens, so he does you know baseball and soccer, and of course, our goal through all of this is to keep life as normal as possible for him. And I also knew it was very important for me to get back to a routine, as not quickly, but as much as I could. Um, I know for people who go through trauma and that's, you know, everything in therapy says get back to your normal routine when you can. I would have gone to work on Monday had I been able to. That's how I am. What do you do? I work for a large corporation, a construction company. I work in supplier diversity. So we work with the minority-owned businesses to make sure that you know, we kind of mentor them into being successful businesses that can work with us as subcontractors. Mm -hmm. Love what I do. My boss is amazing through all this process. She has been honestly one of the people that I felt like I could turn to the most and have a conversation with about it because I just felt she's so wise and she always knew exactly what I needed to hear. Um, you know, for a while there I felt like, well, my leg has to heal and then I can heal everything else. And, and she kind of put it inter perspective for me of maybe you need to heal as one Mm, like right like integrated yeah you can't just because this isn't isn't healing as quickly as we all thought it was going to be you know there's I'm still having a little bit of complications with it had to go see a surgeon might need surgery not really sure right now what what's going on uh the shrapnel inside Mm. there's like 10 to 12 small pieces in there and I have um a metal sensitivity and so the issue is it's infected on the inside of the leg the outside's fine the wounds are fine Mm -hmm. but the inside is infected um it's doing much better now
0: are you on like tons oh, yeah. of ana- yeah yeah like all, all the antibiotics all the, yeah i had to
1: go they like gave me shots in my hips i we had to do it all um and it's doing much better but there's still like if my body's going to continue to try to reject it and create these infections then yeah they might have to go in mm-hmm. and take all the little pieces mm-hmm. out which feels like that's probably my worst nightmare at this point because again i want it to heal and i want to move on with my life right um If that's what has to happen, because that's the best thing for my body, then that's what we have to do. But I really don't want to do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting you say healing as one. Um, I was about to tell a story about a news article I read involving this. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. No, yes, yes, Um, yes. So one of the women who was shot Mm -hmm. was in a coma and like just came out of the coma and that is a different story than the one I'm about to talk about. <laughs> I read a few different ones. Yes, I know. There, I know. Yeah, that yeah. happened. No, there was a uh, yes, a speech pathologist who was shot in the leg. Okay, she lives in. She's from New Jersey originally. Shot in the leg, um, and she is. It like her, it sounds like her injury was quite a bit worse mm-hmm. than yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like has to basically has to learn to walk again I think and she was talking about feeling like other people who were there are so much further along in terms of coping with it because they can deal with their emotions like are they you know are they angry are they sad Mm -hmm. are they scared Mm -hmm. are they this whereas she's so oriented towards just dealing with the physical pain Mm -hmm. and dealing with the physical limit because I guess she used to be super active Mm and I don't, I forget if it was specifically yoga, but like she was that right. kind of super active person. And right. so now she's so limited now. And so her whole thing is just dealing with the physical impact mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. not the emotions. Mm-hmm. So similar to what you're saying, right. she needs your boss to come in and tell her she what's does. up.
1: I know my, you know what my boss should like tell everyone how to deal because she's <laughs> yeah. literally been so amazing, so supportive and whatever you need, whatever you need, don't worry about us. Don't worry about work, but um, it's true, you know, and it's it's hard to do that when you have something physically wrong with you. That is obvious; it's in your face. You're looking at it. It's causing you pain. I mean, I I literally go to the doctor every single day. I've been to the doctor wow. because they do a wound check. They see are the stitches ready to come out. Let's clean it. Let's do this. So figure eight, right? Exactly. So there, I'm there. It's there. I'm dealing with that every single day, and it hurts. And it's you know, I I can't, I'm not as active as I was. Of course, I. You know, I'm. They're like, you need to elevate. I said, how many hours a day? They said all the hours of the day. Oh wow! You should be elevating at all times. Uh, that's not possible. I have a seven year old. I'm a yeah. wife. I I have a life. You know, I. It's just not possible. Um, the surgeon scared me a little bit, so I've been trying to do better. But uh, he's like, you're doing irreversible damage. Like you need. To keep your leg up, you're gonna be one of those people wearing a sock. Don't look around. I'm I'm fine right now. No, I'm I looking around. Like, here. Should I get? Should no, we get you something to elevate? No, your leg we on. elevated the whole way here in the truck, and I'll elevate the whole way home. It'll be fine. But it's just, you know, that's not real life. You can't just stop living life because this happened. And and that's the thing too. It's like it's frustrating for me. And now I'm kind of at the point in recovery where I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Like I am so mad that this happened to me. I realize I am so lucky. I am so mad that this happened. To everyone, you know, um, I'm just mad. I'm mad, and there's no excuse or reason out there that I could ever get from anyone that would make this not seem as terrible as it is, and dramatic as it is. You know, I've seen some people are like, "Oh, people are so dramatic." Yeah, wait, who says that? Oh, about you it? see, you know, I've been trying to stay away from Facebook and stuff, but I like to go on and read the good stories. Okay, that's what I try to do. But every, you know, you'll see a comment here or there, and yeah, everyone's being dramatic. Rightfully so. Like even if you weren't hit, the shit you saw that day is real. Like normal people don't see that mm-hmm. on a regular basis. We don't know how to deal with that. Um, I've, you know, a couple of people have reached out and some people that I used to work with and, and they're ex-military and they're like, you know, we were trained to know what to do in these situations. Um, One guy had been shot, I think, three times. And he's just like, you're a hero. I'm like, oh, I'm not a hero because I didn't do anything. I got shot and I ran. I didn't, you know, I mean, along the way, of course, you're trying to encourage people to keep running and to get up and run. But at that point, it's fight or flight. And for me, it was both. It's like, I'm fighting to run. And I'm like, that's the reality of that Mm -hmm. situation. But we aren't trained to be able to handle these things when they're going on, much less after they happen. So yes, people are dramatic about it, as they should be. Have you seen someone get shot in the head standing next to you? No, then shut your mouth. <laughs> let people deal the way that they're going to deal. And if that's them, you know, making social media posts about what they're going through and what they went through, let them do it. If you don't like it, don't read it. That's such
0: an important part of recovering too is telling your story. Yeah. Um this may feel out feel disjointed or uh out of place here. However, there's something that I would like to tell those people who have anything, oh, yes. anything at all, yes. to say yes. about someone being quote unquote dramatic. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Yes, I mean truly, fuck them. Yeah, yeah, hey, oh, that's so irritating. Hey, Thank you. Hey, go fuck yourself. I love that. That that irritates me, and also the guy who was. Like, calm down. Calm down,
1: ladies. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> fuck that. You're, guy. Yeah, those are not gunshots. Like, you know what? I wish I could see you now so I could give you these two fingers, asshole. Because fuck you, you know? Hey, hey, there you go. Hey, go fuck yourself. Seriously.
0: So have you
1: um Do you feel like you have PTSD? Um, I don't, but my therapist tells me I do. <laughs> yes. So we're working, um, they have A type of therapy called EMDR. And um, basically, it's like has to do with eye movement. And um, we're kind of going down that path. And we just found out about an I just found out about an app called like anxiety relief with EMDR. And, you know, the way I look at all of these things, and I think everyone that was there and is affected by this in any way, should get therapy should get help there's nothing bad that's going to come of it. That's truly the way I believe. Um, I don't think I always felt that way. Um, You know, if you would have talked to me in my 20s, I would have been like, therapy, huh? That's for the week or, you know, Mm -hmm. but clearly you mature and you realize like, hey, if you're going through things, like you should talk to people. You should get help. Therapists aren't, you know, they're not telling you what to do. Like nothing bad is going to come from it. They ask you questions. It helps you understand yourself better. My husband has gone to therapy since this happened. Um, Rightfully so, because if he ever called me and said, I've been shot in the leg and I'm in the back of some dude's truck trying to find help. Like you better believe that I'm sure he drove out to me and he got there in like three hours and 20 minutes. He got in a caravan of cars and they're all driving a hundred and whatever miles an hour to get out to Vegas. He's affected by this. You know, my friend whose husband was at home with the kids and couldn't come out to Vegas. He's affected by this. And, it is not a small thing. This is a huge thing. We aren't, our brains are not made to function like this, to understand, to process, to heal. We cannot, you know, every, all of our things get put in drawers, right? You put them in compartments. Trauma is not like that. Trauma doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I think that's something we all kind of know, but then when it happens, you feel like, well, I think I'm okay. So no, no, please get help. Talk about it. Tell your story. I on social media. Uh, I'm not a very. I mean, I post a couple times a week, but it's you know pictures of my kid playing baseball with a one or two liner. And I have found so much therapy in just letting it go and like telling people. I haven't put my story out there, but I have just said thank you to everyone. I mean, you should have seen my house that looked like a florist. Like I had. So I saw many, a picture. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And and so just being able to thank everyone for that in in you know words and. And the picture, it was so amazing to me and it felt so good. You know, uh, sometimes putting things in words makes it real. And so that's what I found like for me, someone who doesn't like to normally do that. It's been really helpful. And I cannot stress enough that anyone that was there, please get help. Please look into EMDR. I think it's a great thing. Um, There's, uh, you know, other kinds of therapy and with the same type of kind of, it just slows your brain activity a little bit, lets you remember, do it whatever the resources are right now, use them. Everyone's willing to help right now. And, um, I know there's a California victims thing going on where basically if you were there, you can sign up. And so from what I understand, I could be wrong. My husband did it for me, but we won't be billed for anything from Mm -hmm. the hospital. We won't receive a bill. Um, we've been going to therapy. We will get reimbursed for those, or I will at least, um, you know, the, the medication I've had to purchase all that. I will be reimbursed for all of that. That will not be out of pocket for me, or it is out of pocket out front. You will be reimbursed. That's offered now. I don't know if that's going to be offered in two months when, when maybe now people are dealing with it. Do it, go, go talk to someone. Even if you think you don't have anything to say, something will come up. Have you been scared in your daily life? Yes. I uh, bef- previously before this had anxiety, but I never realized it was anxiety. I just know like I would pick a fight with my husband if I didn't feel like I wanted to go somewhere, but I didn't know why.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that was anxiety speaking. I didn't want to go out on a boat that day for whatever reason, but I couldn't even comprehend in myself that that's what it was. It's just like I'm going to pick a fight so I don't have to go. <laughs> well, that's not fair. Um, and I had, uh, because of that, had been been subscribed um, Wellbutrin and i took that for a while and life kind of settled out and so i stopped taking it and it's it's been fine i'm not on any medication right now um because i feel like with everything going on i need to feel i don't mm-hmm. want to mask anything i don't want to keep anything down i don't want to feel even killed i want to feel everything so i'm not taking any medication And uh, I'm sorry, I forgot your question already. (laughs) Oh, I was
0: wondering if uh, I didn't, I didn't phrase it. I didn't phrase it well. Yeah. I meant since, since
1: the incident, have you been feeling scared? So I have been feeling a lot of anxiety. I haven't really i mean we've been to a couple of restaurants there's been fundraisers for my son yesterday was my husband's birthday we did like a big birthday at a restaurant and it's situations like that i feel the anxiety kick up um i have felt scared where well, you're in a crowd when i'm in a crowd and like the door like you know the windows are behind me and i don't like that at all and that's now um, the first thing i do when i get inside anywhere is like how do i get out of here if something mm-hmm. happens um, not so much in people's homes i feel really safe in homes but any type of uh, building or where there's public, right. I'm like, how do I get out? Where do I hide? That's like my first thing. And even last night at dinner, one of my girlfriends came and she said, I'm feeling like a lot of anxiety right now. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. Look, if anything happens, we go under the table, but look, the exit, you know, there's a like a hidden exit right here. So we, cl- we crawl out. Mm-hmm. And that was that, you know, and it was like that simple. And we both felt so much better afterwards, just getting it out there and expressing it. I know um, being outside right now is is a little bit rough for me, especially if there's tall buildings around. Mm-hmm. So I went to my son's baseball game and it's just homes, like two-story homes, but it was tall enough that I felt like really anxious going there. um, And I just kind of sat by myself out in the outfield. Well, by myself with our whole like his whole fan club, which is all my family and my (laughs) husband's family. And there's like, you know, 27 of us for a seven year old's baseball game. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But again, the support, you know, and I just sat out there and and I thought it was gonna be worse than it was. But I was okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yesterday I was leaving the doctor's office and across the street they were doing construction. they were jackhammering. Mm. And I didn't. I didn't expect it. And so I walked outside and I just wanted to drop to the ground immediately. And then I'm like, okay, wait, like people are, I see people walking. It's okay. Like nothing's actually going on. And then I was able to see, okay, where's that sound coming from? So sounds are definitely triggered triggers for me right now. Uh, Any kind of bang, even yesterday at the restaurant, they said something over the intercom, but it sounded funny. Mm -hmm. So just like people's voices kind of being loud, like, you know, kids screaming is like, the worst for me. I just, I like, will start shaking. Were there kids at the concert? There were kids at the concert. Um, I don't recall seeing any children when we were trying to flee. I don't recall seeing any children, but I do remember because I was like, that's so weird. You have your kids here. It's country music. It's all about family. It's all fun. Of course, there was kids there. But for me, like I was there for a girls weekend. The last thing I'm trying to do is bring my kids to, <laughs> you know, that concert. So I remember seeing kids and that has been something that has weighed on me. Like it's weird that you pick people out of the crowd and I'm like, I wonder if that person's okay. Mm -hmm. So that's very strange. And I do remember thinking like this cute little girl with blonde hair, you know, like they okay. I hope they're okay. And so that's some of the social media I've done because they have created many sites where it's like, find these people, make sure they're okay. And I did post on one because, um, Sunday night before this all happened, we were eating pretzels and we saw a couple get engaged and like, how cool is that? I remember just thinking, oh, my gosh. Like, of course, getting engaged is amazing and so exciting and fun. But then to do it here, even better. And then obviously everything happened. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, please tell me that they're yeah. both okay. And so I had posted like, hey, we saw this couple get engaged. Want to make sure they're okay. And someone, you know, kind of went around and, and she ended up writing me. And it's like, we're fine. And, oh, you know, I just was like, I hope that this does not overshadow that amazing moment for you guys
0: i suspect they'll be uh tied together yes, for, i know for their whole life right not like, the couple although them too but i mean like the incident yeah. and their engagement yeah have you been able to, how how are you sleeping
1: it's weird at first i think i was so exhausted just from everything i was sleeping really well now i'm not now i'm not both my husband and i and e- even my girlfriends the nightmares have started i haven't had any nightmares similar to what happened but I feel like it's getting you into that same headspace mm-hmm. and that same kind of like heartbeat. Um, you know, the anxiety, the the adrenaline pumping, it's like v- sometimes violent, sometimes just things are going on and I'm witnessing them. And like, what do I do? Because I always have my son with me in the dreams. So it's like, what do I do? Do I get him to safety and come back and try to help? Do I have him run? You mm-hmm. know, like, go get in the car. I remember one dream. It's like, go get in the car. Don't look out the window. You know things like that it's like he's always with me so obviously there it's just my body kind of trying to deal with it in its own way and obviously my son weighed heavily on me when all of it was going down like i have to be okay for him mm-hmm. um so i'm assuming that's why those dreams are in that form the whole ex this
0: experience sounds i mean this is this like obviously this is going to sound like an obvious statement uh, it just sounds so nightmarish and i don't mean it sounds awful although it does sound awful i mean it sounds like a nightmare that i would have <laughs> yeah. it's like just that thing of sc- there's danger scrambling to get somewhere falling down people everywhere yeah. the, the part that i keep thinking about is so many places you tried to find refuge mm-hmm. you 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 ha- you couldn't cuz mm-hmm. it, it was like that is the stuff of nightmares yeah.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because I had thought that at one point, you know, I used to have these dreams where it's like you're running, but you're not moving or you're moving very – and that's exactly how it felt in that moment, like because it was slow motion. To me, everything felt slow motion. I felt slow motion. It was just like I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, but we're not getting anywhere, and especially because it felt like – and I don't know if this is truth – you know, all this is my experiences, my memories. And I don't know what my brain has done with them, but it just felt like no matter where we went, people were going down. And mm-hmm. so it was just like never ending. And it didn't matter how fast or what direction people were going down. And so it does, it just feels like that dream where it's like that never ending dream, you know, or that dream where you're falling and you're just waiting to hit the ground. Yeah. And you have all that terror because you know, it's coming. And then you hit the ground and you wake up right away. Like it's very similar to those like that adrenaline, the oh, the heart, the sweating, you know, it's all of it
0: did you see people
1: get killed? Yes. You know, for sure. Yes. Yes. That, um, like I said, it's tunnel vision. I, I have a clear image. Well, less now than I, than I did before, you know, originally, but I have a clear image of what was directly in front of me. I would say like a six inch radius circle of like what I could see. Um, I, Yes, I know at one point, one of the times when I hit the floor, I believe, I, I believe they, it was a man and I, I think the shot was like to his head or neck or upper back. You know, that's my memory of it. Um, but I do recall not like telling myself, do not look down. And I know I'm sure that's why I went down a couple of times. Like, mm-hmm. Do not look down. Do Just run. Do not look. Um, obviously, avoid trying to fall over people, but do not look down and and see it. Because I think probably if I had, I probably would have, I mean, I don't know. I do recall seeing people being carried. And it was very obvious to me that they were not alive anymore. And at the time, again, it's just run for your life. So you're not them. But now, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I want to know if that person's okay. But it's like, I know they weren't okay. Mm-hmm. I know that they weren't okay. Um, I saw this one gentleman being carried by two others. And to me, it looked like he just had been shot everywhere. I mean, I want to say like three times maybe in his back and it was just blood everywhere. And, and I mean, maybe he survived, but in my head, I just feel like there's no possible way, you know, I mean, there's only so many places you can get shot where it's not going to do a lot of damage. And I feel like anywhere in your, you know, torso, upper body area, that's not the places you're going to survive if you get shot most of the time. So yeah, I, I have those. Um, I really have blocked a lot of it out and that's where like the EMDR therapy is helpful. I believe like what it does is it kind of opens your senses and it helps you remember exactly what you saw. Um, and then supposedly that's supposed to help you heal faster. Uh, there's a part of me that really wants to do that because my memories are fading and because I'm type A and I want control and I want to, I want to know everything. I don't want to those, those memories to leave me. I want to know everything. I want to remember every small detail. Then there's also maybe I don't want to know all those details because maybe that would break me. Mm -hmm. knowing and seeing all that I really saw, but just kind of choose not to. I mean, I even look back and I, I looked at a couple pictures online and well, that's exactly where we were. And I remember seeing that person there and the cop car. I saw a picture of the cop car. You could see my shoe, my other shoe. You could see the belt that the guy put on me as a tourniquet. And those are all the things that make it reality. And then when I see those, I'm like, okay, wow, this really did happen. Um, but do I really want all those back? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do a hundred percent. I do. There's just like that small piece of me that thinks maybe that's not good for your recovery. Mm-hmm. but overall, I do think that I want all those memories at least just to get them out because that's what's been so helpful is just talking to people and you know. A lot of people, of course, want to know what happened. Everyone's been very respectful. It's There's not really been one person who's been super pushy, like, tell me your story. Tell me. No one has been like that. And I don't offer it to a lot of people. Um, I went to work and kind of told my little trailer, working like a back trailer because our office is completely overgrown now and kind of <laughs> told everyone I work with in that building and, um, you know, friends. But other than that, it's it's uh, kind of my story and, and it's not a good one. So I don't want to share it with people because it's and again, it's mine. It's my story. It's what I recall. I'm not saying everything I said here, someone could pick it apart and say, that is not what happened. But in my mind, that's what happened. That's what I recall. Um, but, you know, it's not a good thing. It's 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 scary. And, and sharing that with people is terrifying a little bit. But overall, I know, you know, you're like, you're here on a podcast. <laughs> um, but I hope that if anyone can get anything out of this, it's that any type of trauma, you have to get help for. You have to. We are not made to do this. As As a mother, I have to be healthy for my son. I have to be healthy for my husband. You know, I have to be healthy for my siblings and my parents and my coworkers and my friends, you know, and for my community. I have to be a good person. And clearly, if other people had mental help, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, no one does this if they're completely sane. It doesn't happen.
0: Does it frustrate you how many question? how many questions there are surrounding this whole story and surrounding the guy's motives? Or have you um, kept yourself away from the story enough that you don't even know what I'm talking about?
1: No, I do. Um, I know I've kind of at first read a lot or, you know, fe- again, Facebook, because that seemed the safest to me. Um, I didn't want to go on like CNN because it just seemed like that was the truth. That's where I'm going to find the truth. But, you know, you run across things on on social media and I I feel like, yes, absolutely. It's so frustrating. Just let it go. Just stop trying to find all of the answers. There's, not, there's no answers. Mm. No, there's no reason why this should have happened that's going to give anyone any peace, especially for the families of the 58 people who are no longer with us. There is absolutely nothing anyone can say that's going to make them feel better about this right it's not going to happen um and you know all the conspiracy theorists and and everyone you know you know accusing the police officers or you know they're not getting information out you know what it is what it is and for me like it it just you know creating all this drama around it that's unnecessary and and coming up with all these other things eventually hopefully the truth will come out but again even if it doesn't it doesn't matter it happened it's over with we got to work on trying to figure out how we can prevent things like this in the future. I don't know what that is, but really, you know, this happened and, and trying to pick apart what everyone says when the, when the sheriff or whatever, whoever was saying, a, you know, gets up there and, and says his, his press release or whatever. Yeah. You know what? The guy's been up for like 48 hours and he's dealing with this just like the rest of us are. So maybe he misspoke or maybe this, I don't know, you know? And I just saw something the other day where, Someone asked a question and they heard a whisper in the background of, don't go there. Well, yeah, maybe what you're asking is really inappropriate. And and maybe during you know the press conferences, not the time to be asking questions like that. But a lot of times right now, people want to know all the answers. And now it's just not that time yet. Not that time. And I don't think anyone... You know, I know a lot of people that were there. I work with a gentleman who was there and I feel like he really wants to know what happened. He really wants the truth. And I don't blame him. We Mm -hmm. all want the truth. We all want to find out why, again, so we can prevent it. But I'm just not at the point of driving myself crazy about it. In the groups, a couple of people were like, I can't stop watching. I've watched all day long. When I go to work, I record it and I come home and I watch more. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, you're letting it rule your life and it's done. And in all reality, there's nothing you can do about it now. There's nothing any of us can do about it now yeah there's a point a part of me that's like just stop, just everyone stop just they're you know getting in fights over it it's just stop it happened like look at the big picture here, which is fifty eight people lost their lives. look at that like put your attention and your efforts towards something that matters to helping however you can, not making it worse for everyone.
0: there's a lot of um well, after any shooting, there's always a lot of talk of guns mm-hmm. and mental health and gun control and all of that. What is, and then there's people who say, this is not the time. And there's people who say, if this is not the time, then mm-hmm. when is the time? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: what you feeling about all of that? You know, I think for me, I have like a unique, well, I feel like it's unique for me because I didn't grow up with guns. Guns were never spoke about, never seen nothing. Um, when I, Got together with my husband. They grew up shooting guns, you know, going camping, shooting guns. The boys, that's what they did. Where is he from? He's from Orange County as well. Uh, But, you know, they go out camping in the desert and they shoot guns. And he's very into guns and he owns quite a few guns. We have a huge gun safe in our garage. And I'm just being very candid here. That is the truth. I, because he was so into it. I started shooting guns with him and I found that I actually loved it. And I've done a couple, um, out in Azusa, there's an outdoor range and I've gone there by myself and taken, there's like women classes you can take. So I've taken many of those and I've like a knack for it and I'm pretty good at it. So I'm like, Hey, this is great. What do you shoot at? Um, targets. Yeah. Just different kinds of targets. Um, and you know, I just shoot like little pistols. My husband has some other guns I've shot. Um, so I have, I feel like a unique view on it because i have the not growing up with them and then kind of being okay with them and then things like this happen and i feel like okay well then no one should have guns except for police officers i want to say that i want to say that but the thing is is that is not the reality of the world that we live in Mm -hmm. and there are so many guns out there that would i mean if you were to do that say every gun that's registered you went to that owner and said give me your gun what are we going to be left with we're going to be left with all the criminals who have unregistered firearms those are the ones that have the guns. And so therefore, this type of thing, maybe not to this extreme, but would still happen. You know, and, and I know gun control is, you know, and I haven't even talked to my husband about it just because I don't feel like it's a conversation I want to have. But you don't I, have to have it right now. If you don't no, want it. it's just I, I'm torn on how I feel about it because I know that's the reality of the situation is what do you do is you say, OK, no one's going to have guns anymore. But unfortunately, we are beyond that. Yeah. That it doesn't just work that way. It doesn't just work that way of like, "Hey, just drop your guns off here, and thanks, like that's <laughs> not how it's gonna work. you know, um, that is just not the reality of the situation. um, but do we need you know more laws and and on how you can obtain a gun? Sure, do they everything need to be stricter? Sure, how they would go about doing that? I have no idea, yeah, you know anyone can get a gun. That's just the way that it is. That's the world that we live in, but Yeah. So to be honest, I am torn when it comes to that. I'm completely torn because how do you really test that? You know, it's kind of like a thing with pregnancy. Also, you know, you have like teen pregnancies and it's like they can't even drive a car and yet they're raising children. So I remember a long time ago I had said to my friend like, hey, how can you know to get out of high school to drive a car? You have to take a test. Right. And that's to be behind the wheel of a vehicle. You have to take a test, but you can raise, you can have a baby and there's no test to be taken. You can just be in charge of someone else's life like nobody's business. Um, And, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're a teenager or you're 35. I know 35 year olds that aren't ready to have babies. And I know people like you who were desperate to have children, you know, and And I'm 107. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying it's like it's just crazy. This like world that we live in where it's like it's easier to. Sometimes to do stupid things, you know, it's just it's it stupid make things sense. that have huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. So and again, it's th- that has nothing to do with anything, but it's just the point of the matter is like there's a lot of things that aren't right with with our world today. And and I just I don't know, maybe taking guns away would be, you know, solve the problem. I mean, I believe he had automatic weapons. Should Joe Schmo be able to own 18 automatic weapons or however many he had? M- maybe
0: not. Do you? So they're saying he had semi automatic weapons that he modified with a bump stock. Is right. that what yeah. you mean? Or do you think he actually had automatic weapons? No, probably that. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. I haven't, to be honest, like read or listened to too much about him just mm-hmm. because I don't even want to give him the time of day you know it'll frustrate you if you do by the yeah, way yeah yeah and again not, cause I, not I a don't lot of hard feel, facts there yeah i don't feel like anything i would learn about him would make this okay not that it's ever going to be okay but some sense of like oh well this is why this happened no yeah it's there is that you no one's gonna find that no one's gonna find that here especially because he i think he listened to country music so i'm like why would you do that to your people <laughs> you know like he was a country music fan I listened to your your episode with uh, Wheeler. Wheeler? Yeah. And I was like hysterically laughing because thinking to myself, like, everyone performing there is probably everyone he hates. (laughs) But, um, you know, because it's, I mean, he mentioned Sam Hunt. Sam Mm -hmm. Hunt was there the night. He was the headliner the night before. So it's just so funny.
0: Sam Hunt is one of your favorites, right? Yeah. He's
1: one of my favorites. He's so, I mean, have you seen him? I haven't. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll check him out. I just want to like have all of his babies. He's so attractive. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's something to be said, I think, about us kind of city girls, city, but, uh, and then the country boys. You know, they just talk about, you know, we grew up listening to hip hop. Mm -hmm. So you go from hip hop, and then I grew up, and now I listen to country. I mean, I still listen to hip hop and everything else out there too, but they just have a different way of speaking to women and, and expressing feelings towards women. And it's something that I think you know us out here it's such a hard world that we live in uh in orange county or la you know it's just very like it's hard you know like it's black and white and and you hear these men talking Wait, about how much they love their women
0: in what way do you mean hard because there are probably people who are like orange county's not well there's parts well, of it, but and not hard as in like yeah
1: like Rough. i just got shot yeah like well although yeah. actually yeah you did <laughs> yeah but hard in the sense of like hearts are hardened here. Oh, I, I feel like it's like hard. cynical. Yeah. You know, I mean, my friends that are single and dating, I'm like, Sorry. Like I don't even know what to tell you. Like I will stay married to this man for the rest of my life even if I'm miserable because I would never want to date. By the way, I'm happily married. But do you know what I mean? Like I'm sure you hear it. It is yeah. awful out there. Yeah. And you went through it. It yeah. is awful out there. Um I know there's, there's a lot people there's out there. so many more
0: apps now, but I think it still sucks.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's all about getting dick pics. Like I swear my friends, it's like, you know, "Hi, hi, how are you? Do you want to see a picture of my dick?" No, I don't. So that is very to I me, never do. No. I don't care where I am in life. I don't really want to see a picture of a dick ever. You know, I mean, even my seven-year-olds, I'm like, oh, is there everything okay down there? I don't even want to. I mean, it's just not. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. And I feel like here, that is high. I'm sure it's like that in the South and, and things. But, you know, the way that they portray women in their music is it's just different. You know, they talk about loving them and treating them well and how they need them. And you don't get that a lot. So I think as for us here where, you know, it's like, oh, we want one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to fall in love with someone like that. Um, and then they're very attractive and they have guitars and they sing. And so, you know, it's just the whole thing. Right. It's so, so attractive. Um but yeah, so with Wheeler Walker Jr. I just was laughing because I'm like, oh, he hates them all. He hates you know. <laughs> but even if Wheeler Walker Jr. got up there and started shooting, I still wouldn't feel like that was a valid excuse. You right. know, like, oh, Jason Aldean's your least favorite guy. <laughs> still not a good reason. Still I don't think that, I don't I
0: don't think he has it in him.
1: No, he would never. No. No. I think ultimately I'm sure he can appreciate everyone for what they do. I I mean, his music, are you kidding me? Like, so funny. Yeah. I get him because I'm that way too. I cuss. I'm a lot of profanity. And, and so I get, like, he's great. He's so great. But then also, you know, you got to appeal to the masses sometimes too. I think he ended
0: up, didn't he end up coming around on Sam Hunt though? Because Sam Hunt's not on Twitter yes right, he I did think, yeah, he's yeah like he doesn't he, have social media yeah so yeah. he like tried to start a twitter war with him and then <laughs> got, it, nothing. got yeah, yeah so he was like well okay yeah he's okay <laughs> yeah yeah Lacey, it's been um i was gonna say it's been so nice catching up with you which feels <laughs> like the wrong thing to say but it's been wonderful seeing you i'm Thank so glad you. you're okay yes yes and it's been riveting and horrifying hearing yeah. your story yeah um that's just
1: this it's crazy it is crazy. Yeah. It still doesn't feel real. It probably won't for a while, I think.
0: You seem to be doing so well, which I, it sounds like part, part of that you're ascribing to being a more thinking than feeling person. Yeah. But you just strike me as so sane and centered. How did you get this way?
1: I don't know. You know, what my therapist just says you're resilient. You're resilient in a way. And you are strong. And, you know, I'm I'm not a shy person. I'm outgoing. Um, and, you know, life has thrown curves at me. I haven't had the perfect life. And, and that's great. So maybe, um, you know, the veteran that I was talking to that told me about your life of trauma, like maybe my life of trauma is just a little bit longer than people's. So something like this, though, of course, is completely devastating, um, isn't so unusual in what I've gone through, you know? So... I, I, that's really all I can contribute it to. And then Mm -hmm. also I have to, I have to go on. I have to go on. I can't, I want some days I want to just lay in bed all day and cry, but I I don't, I can't do that.
0: Have you experienced similar type traumas before?
1: Nothing like this. Um, growing up, we didn't, you know, you, your family lived next to my grandparents and, um, and my grandparents were very stable growing up, but my parents were not very stable growing up. So we experienced just a lot of moving around a lot of things. There's a lot that I know that went on that I can't even remember Mm -hmm. because I was very young. And so I think also I block a lot of it out. Um, and you know, my parents just went through a rough patch when we were younger and, uh, fortunately have like been doing so great for like the last say like, 25 years you know but when I was younger things weren't always great and so I don't know if well, you guys if were that. living there for a period of time yeah we did live with my grandparents for a period of time yeah for for a while mm-hmm. um I think from like I mean I'm yeah I mean four years maybe we lived there and I mean my grandparents were great But, um, I mean, they were really, really amazing. And that was the most stability, though, that I had ever had. I think that was the longest I'd ever lived in one home. And, you know, my parents were just young when they got together and they got married and had a bunch of kids and didn't really, you know, know their way. And they're like, you know, from the the 60s, they're like potheads. And (laughs) they were, you know, they're not anymore, but they were. And and it was just a different time back then, you know, Um, especially now compared to us with children. It's like, you know, we were kind of free range kids in a way. And there just wasn't a lot of structure and, and, uh, I live my life so differently now. So it's, it's crazy, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So I, I mean, I can contribute some of that to that maybe. Um, but then also knowing that it's in there and it will come out eventually. I just have to, to get to that point of healing where that's going to happen. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I have to say I'm a
1: huge fan and this is so weird. I'm so creepy (laughs) because I know everything. I'm like, where's Elliot? Where's Wendy? (laughs) So uh, thank you so much for having me. Again, it's been amazing to share the story. But more importantly, just please, everyone get help if you feel like you need it. Even if you don't and you've been through any trauma, get help. It's so important. It's so important. You guys, if you like what you're hearing,
0: iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go to subscribe. Please click rate, review. I feel like that's, again, there's three words people say when they tell people to subscribe. No, it's rate, review, subscribe. I don't know where that click came from, although it couldn't hurt. Doesn't Just hurt. extra, It doesn't hurt. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for all sorts of rewards, fun stuff like that, bonus episodes, etc. Um, Jeff, where do we find you?
1: You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And Lacey, I'm so glad you're here with us. Thank you. Thank you.
0: That was good. How long have you been holding that one in? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lacey, is
0: there... You... you you said that everyone should go get mental yes. help if they need it, yes. which I agree with um, yeah. wholeheartedly. Is there anything you want to mention or plug? Or I mean,
1: um, You know what? I have to say we have Kaiser Permanente Insurance, which I know a lot of people hate, but they have been absolutely wonderful and so accommodating to myself who is a member, but also my friends who are not. So thank you, Kaiser, because that speaks volumes when things like this happen. Um, other than that, just, you know, yeah, get help wherever you can get help.
0: Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.